Hey everyone, I'm Phil Albertelli, and this is the Week in Doubt, a podcast for atheists, agnostics, and whoever. And this is episode 237. So I was in a car accident yesterday, but uh, I don't want to make the podcast about that, so maybe I'll save it for the end of the show. All right, anyway, <laughs> I wasn't at fault, that's all I'll say. Okay, so uh, I'd like to thank friend and listener Liz Marie for sending me this week's news story. It involves one of my favorite religions, Scientology. And yes, I do mean that sarcastically. Since launching this show, I've kind of tried to present myself as a kinder, gentler atheist. But Scientology is one of those religions where I usually don't really pull any punches. You might ask, why's that, Phil? Why not treat all religions the same? Uh, well, one thing I can promise is that I'll always be brutally honest when it comes to taking on the supernatural faith claims of whatever religion I happen to be talking about. But I do admittedly treat or approach certain religions with a certain amount of deference or respect. For example, Buddhism, Jainism, Judaism. Although, as you're probably aware if you're a regular listener, I don't necessarily pull any punches when discussing the Old Testament or the Judeo-Christian concept of God. But I think I approach Scientology in particular with such blatant disrespect or disdain for a couple of reasons. One is simply because the whole thing is such a blatant insult to human intelligence. An absolutely absurd 20th century religion made up by a drug-addled science fiction author. Nothing wrong with being drug-addled as long as you're not trying to start a cult and exploiting others. And another reason is, and this ties into the story I'm going to read, has to do with the fact that I strongly resent the cultish nature of Scientology, the way they sometimes bully and abuse their adherents, um, the way they harass former members and attempt to separate families, barring former members from communicating with loved ones who are still in the organization, etc. But anyway, I'll read a bit from the article Liz Marie sent me. It comes from Raw Story, and it's dated May 4th. Okay, so it's by Brad Reed, and it's entitled Tennessee Scientology Facility Closed After Cops Find Patients Held Against Their Will. A series of psychiatric facilities run by the Church of Scientology in Cannon County, Tennessee, has been closed after police found that patients there were being held against their will. So when I first read the story, right away something seemed odd to me because right there in the first sentence, a series of psychiatric facilities run by the Church of Scientology, um, because Scientology is notoriously anti-mental health, or at least anti-psychiatry. Uh, they're against psychiatric medicines, etc. We probably all remember Tom Cruise's breakdown, where he was chiding Matt Lauer, um, going on a rant against psychiatry or psychiatric medicines or medications, etc., and if I have the story right, I'm, I'm going by memory here. When L. Ron Hubbard first created Scientology, actually at the time, I don't know if it was called Scientology yet. It may have still been Dianetics. In fact, Hubbard wrote a book entitled Dianetics, The Modern Science of Mental Health. But initially, Scientology or Dianetics, whatever you want to call it, whatever he called it at the time, was intended to be a kind of new psychotherapy. I think he almost wanted to get it accredited as this kind of psychiatric institution or system. And he was basically rejected by 
the psychiatric community, and L. Ron Hubbard had a big chip on his shoulder against mainstream psychiatry and mental health, uh, etc. And I think it was only after that that he sought a religious or church status for Scientology. And I think at least in part, the impetus was, to be brutally honest, for the tax breaks. Because, of course, in the U.S., churches or religious institutions enjoy a tax-exempt status. Okay, so here's an excerpt from a Wikipedia article, and I know Wikipedia. Uh, I myself have usually found Wikipedia, in most cases, to be uh, fairly reliable, and it's pretty much reiterating what I already said, but I figured it would help if I backed up my claims a little here. And this is from a larger Wikipedia article that's all about the relationship between Scientology and psychiatry. Okay, so here we go. Scientology founder L. Ron Hubbard went from seeking psychiatric treatment to declaring that psychiatry was part of a worldwide conspiracy. The Scientology movement was founded by L. Ron Hubbard. Hubbard initially sought psychiatric treatment himself. Later, he identified as an unaccredited psychologist. His work was rejected by mainstream psychiatry, and Hubbard was publicly declared insane by psychiatrists, consulted by his second wife, Sarah. Afterwards, Hubbard was increasingly critical of psychiatry, psychology, and psychoanalysis. Ultimately, Hubbard taught that psychiatrists were behind a worldwide conspiracy, and Hubbard had redefined the word, quote-unquote, psychiatrist, to mean, and here again in quotes, an antisocial enemy of the people. Yes, yeah, so knowing all that, it kind of gave me pause when I read the sentence, a series of psychiatric facilities run by the Church of Scientology, uh, but nothing would really surprise me about Scientology at this point, especially when it comes to their capacity for hypocrisy and intellectual dishonesty. But I'll continue reading the article. Via Tony Ortega, the Canon Courier reports that several facilities in the county were shut down after police received a 911 call from someone within one of the facilities, whom they found locked inside a cabin with no way to get out. The man then told officers that he had been held at the facility for the past nine months, during which he had been treated with unknown drugs. The operator of the facilities, a man named Mark Valer, or Valera, or something, uh, was arrested and charged with two felony counts of facilitation of kidnapping, while two other men who worked at the facility pled guilty to misdemeanors. The Cannon County Sheriff's Department subsequently announced that all the facilities had been closed and were no longer operating in the county. Well, that's good. And this story automatically brought to mind for me an older story that didn't have a, you know, relatively happy ending. And, uh, yeah, it's a story that's really haunted me over the years. I probably first heard about it, I don't know, when I was maybe in my teens or early 20s or something. Um, it's the story of Lisa McPherson, a young woman, uh, she was 36 when she passed, who died well under the care of members of the Church of Scientology. Yeah, so um, I'm looking once again at a Wikipedia article here. And it says, Lisa McPherson uh, was born 1959 in Dallas, Texas. She died at the age of 36 in Clearwater, Florida. Cause of death, pulmonary embolism, negligent homicide. All right, so here's what the introduction of the article has to say. Lisa McPherson 
was an American member of the Church of Scientology who died of a pulmonary embolism while under the care of the Church of Scientology Flag Service Organization, Inc. Okay. Following the report of the state of Florida's medical examiner that indicated that Lisa was a victim of negligent homicide, the Church of Scientology was indicted on two felony charges, abuse and or neglect of a disabled adult, and practicing medicine without a license. The charges against the Church of Scientology were dropped after the state's medical examiner changed the cause of death from undetermined to an quote-unquote accident on June 13, 2000. A civil suit brought by her family against the church was settled on May 28, 2004. Okay, it continues. In 1994, McPherson, who became a Scientologist adherent at age 18, moved from Dallas, Texas to Clearwater, Florida with her employer, AMC Publishing, which was at the time owned by Benetta Slaughter and operated and staffed primarily by Scientologists. During June 1995, the church placed McPherson in an quote-unquote introspection rundown due to perceived mental instability. Lisa completed the rundown, and she attested to the state of clear in September. And if you're not familiar with Scientology jargon, I mean, and if you are familiar with it, it almost makes sense, the idea that Scientology started out as kind of this pseudo-psychiatric or hokey self-help system. Because it involves something called auditing, you may have seen pictures of people sitting there holding these kind of big, clumsy, oversized-looking cylinders, look kind of like soup cans or something with uh, wires connected to them, etc. So, either by yourself or with the help or supervision of another member of the quote-unquote church, you undergo an audit and you try to figure out what the hell's wrong with you. You know, is something wrong in the old noggin? Did mom used to hit you with a wooden ladle? Now you got body thetans sticking all over you? What's going on? Yeah, so anyway, there's all this jargon that's associated with Scientology and the process of auditing, etc. And one term that's become kind of widely known, uh, perhaps notorious, that you might be acquainted with, is clear. If you can reach this state of mind where you're on an even keel, you've worked through your problems, kind of at least figuratively speaking, banished your uh, inner demons, then you reach this state that they called clear, as in going clear, like the documentary. And often it seems that's the case that if people aren't really, you know, falling in line with the program, if people are maybe thinking a little too independently, getting a little restless, uh, you know, it's time to... Uh, it's time for another audit or whatever. And it sounds like something like that was going on with Lisa McPherson. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure. In the case of Lisa McPherson, she may have actually been mentally ill, in which case she should have been seen by actual professionals and not kind of secreted away and left to the inept care of these brainwashed cultists. Okay, so the story continues. On November 18th of 1995, McPherson was involved in a minor car accident. Paramedics initially left her alone because she was ambulatory, but after she began to remove her clothes, the paramedics decided to take her to the hospital. She remarked to the paramedics that she had taken off her clothes in hopes of obtaining counseling. Hospital staff agreed that she was unharmed, but recommended keeping her overnight for observation. Following intervention by fellow Scientologists, McPherson refused psychiatric observation or admission at the hospital and checked herself out after a short evaluation. And here's a quote from a 
from a circuit judge who was involved in the case. Lisa McPherson refused psychiatric observation or admission at the hospital. She expressly stated her desire to receive the religious care and assistance from her fellow congregants that she and they wanted her to have. Yeah, so when it comes to McPherson, now I'm getting kind of reacquainted with the story as I read all this. I'm getting the picture of kind of this confused or conflicted young woman. Maybe someone who was in part legitimately mentally ill or had emotional problems. And maybe those, and maybe this is kind of presumptuous of me, but those existing mental health or emotional issues could have been exacerbated or made worse by the ongoing stress of being controlled by this cult-like organization. And instead of receiving the legitimate mental health or medical care that she required, she was instead just left in the hands of the members of this cult-like group that were probably at least partly responsible for the deterioration or worsening of her mental or emotional health in the first place. You know, it seems like her behavior immediately following that little minor car accident she had been in, without trying to sound cliche, what really was a desperate cry for help. She was running around and peeling off her clothes, and as the article said, she herself admitted that she had behaved in this kind of erratic way because she was desperate for the attention of someone who would take her somewhere where she could finally get some real counseling. And of course, the Scientologist intervened, pressured her, and as we know, she ended up back in their quote-unquote care instead of finally receiving the actual treatment she needed it's so tragic because she was so close. She was right there at the hospital. And, uh, you know, like some horror movie, you know, there was this twist and she ended up back in the hands of her captors. Okay, so that's kind of embarrassing. I was just reading off of my iPad and it uh, ran out of juice. Actually, that's not embarrassing at all. Uh, but I'll have to continue reading off of my computer. So here's a paragraph further down that deals with Lisa McPherson's care logs, well, under the care, if you can call it that, of the Church of Scientology. McPherson's care logs narrate the last 17 days of her life. She was incoherent and sometimes violent. Her nails were cut so she would not scratch herself or the staff. She bruised her fists and feet while hitting the wall. She had trouble sleeping and was being given natural supplements and the drug chloral hydrate to help her sleep. A church staffer noted that McPherson looked ill, like measles or chicken pox on her face. On repeated occasions, she refused food and protein shakes that the staff offered. On November 26th and the 30th and December 3rd to the 4th, the staff attempted to force feed her, noting that she spat the food out. She was noted to be very weak, not standing up, nor on some days moving at all. Scientologists who questioned this handling were told to quote-unquote butt out. All right, I'll continue. On December 5th of 1995, Church staffers contacted David Minkoff, a Scientologist medical doctor, who twice prescribed McPherson Valium and chloral hydrate without examining her. They requested for him to prescribe an antibiotic to McPherson because she seemed to have an infection. 
Minkoff refused and stated that McPherson should be taken to a hospital and he needed to see her before prescribing anything. They objected, expressing fear that McPherson would be put under psychiatric care. All of this avoidable tragedy because of L. Ron Hubbard's ridiculous grudge against the psychiatric community. Dr. Janice Johnson, a senior medical officer at Flagland Base, who was assigned to care for McPherson, stated that McPherson had been gasping and had labored breathing while en route. However, they passed a total of four hospitals along the way to their ultimate destination. When they arrived at Minkoff's hospital, 45 minutes north of Clearwater, McPherson exhibited no vital signs. Hospital staff attempted to resuscitate her for 20 minutes before declaring her dead. So you can see, even at the end there, they had multiple opportunities to deliver her into the care, the emergency care of medical professionals. But because of this ludicrous fear they had of psychiatric treatment or this aversion to psychiatric treatment, they passed hospital after hospital and she died. I always do a YouTube version of the podcast. I basically take the audio from the most recent episode and just put some still images to it. In this case, I'm debating with myself whether or not I want to include the images from Lisa McPherson's autopsy or her kind of post-mortem pictures because they're extremely disturbing and I also want to be respectful to her memory but they're powerful images too. And I mean, she basically looks like a desiccated mummy. It's very disturbing. She was not in good condition at all when she finally expired. It actually reminds me of, uh, I don't know if it's Annalisa or Annalise Mitchell or Michael. I, I don't know how you pronounce it. But the case of this German girl from the 70s, who I believe suffered from epilepsy and perhaps some kind of mental or emotional illness. And her parents were very religious and they thought she was demon possessed. So she was subjected to the series of grueling ongoing exorcisms. And by the time she died, she was extremely malnourished had bruises and discolorations all over her, uh, basically looked like a concentration camp victim. And that's what Lisa McPherson looked like. I don't know if I should include the images or not. Um, if you watch the YouTube version, then you'll know what my decision was. But anyway, uh, I guess I'll leave it there, guys. Uh, don't become a Scientologist would be my advice. And as a memorial reads, remember Lisa McPherson. I think it's, it's very important. Uh, you guys know a drill, Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube. Um, I feel like it's in bad taste after discussing her story to, to bring up money, but I do at the end of every episode. If you want to help the show out monetarily, you can go to patreon.com slash the week in doubt. All right. Thanks brothers and sisters until next time.